This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Welcome to Special Teams, a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome inside Special Teams, a weekly podcast where your hosts, myself, Jason Smith, and Mike Harbin take you back to what some special teams did in certain years in sports. And we look back today at the ambush at Mile High, January 1997, where it looked like the Broncos were going to go right to the Super Bowl. Instead, the upstart Jacksonville Jaguars pulled one of the biggest upsets in NFL history, defeating them 30-27. to The Jaguars go on, the Broncos go home, and at this point we were thinking... Are the Broncos ever going to win a Super Bowl? Really, they they, they couldn't beat the Jaguars at home, Mike. Are they ever going to win a Super Bowl? Because that's what it was for the Broncos back in the mid to late 90s before they broke through. Well, and it's not even, you know, couldn't beat the Jaguars. It's how they lost to the Jaguars, as we'll chronicle uh, going forward. Like, it's one thing to lose the game straight up. It's another to dominate, but yeah, a lot of twists and turns in, in this one, and, and certainly for the Denver Broncos, they, they'd had a rough year the year before, go out, and the regular season flows, including, you know, you you made an appearance in the schedule, but mm-hmm. all in all, I mean, you just see the names on this roster, and you say, how did they not get over Look, nine Pro Bowlers, they were so loaded. I mean, I know they won back-to-back Super Bowls when, when you get into the years after, but this was probably the best Denver team I had seen. It was the birth of Terrell Davis as a superstar, the beginning of those great Denver backfields where no matter who they put in there, mm-hmm. they would rush for 1,500 yards. It could have been Mike Anderson, Olandis Gary, Tatum Bell, Ruben Drones, but this was the start of the Terrell Davis four-year run that actually got him into the Hall of Fame. And I was at opening week 
week. It was my, my wife and I were, it was our big life change. We had left ESPN when I was uh, a production assistant and associate producer at ESPN. When I was still behind the scenes, we were moving to California to Los Angeles and we drove across country and we just so happened to be near Denver around the first week of the NFL season. I said, hey, can we stop and just so happened to be well well we were leaving the end of the summer and i said well where are we going to be around this day and we were driving across country it was it was such a great trip and i said when are we going to be near around denver and she goes oh we'll be in colorado like ah, early september i'm like okay let's go to jets broncos it's opening week she was like great we go to the game and the jets just get drilled that's rich co-type oh my god it was terrible it's rich co-type it was terrible i was wearing my neil o'donnell jersey to the game and we got thumped 31-6 we were never competitive everybody i was the i was the make fun of guy in the in the uh in our section because i was one of the few people wearing a jets jersey and it wasn't even close it was this is like clearly here are two teams that are going in different directions it's the first game for neil o'donnell as jets quarterback and i'm like oh we got a new era oh no no we just absolutely stink and we're on our way to one in 15 but the broncos it was a very (laughs) workmanlike victory where it was yeah this is the broncos they're so good they're loaded they're all right, we're going to lose, and just wasn't even close. Well, but you see the final score, but then you go back in and watch a little bit of it and take a, a quick peek at the box score. I mean, Elway, 16 of 33, 183 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Hey, we're in the game. Nah. No, I think he stopped, well, he stopped playing after the first quarter. He came out. He, he rested the last three quarters of the game. <laughs> Bill Musgrave was in the game. Uh, Davis only had what 95 total yards he had a touchdown only it was awful it was just awful I mean you had Webster Slaughter as your your top target yeah he was he he scored in that game yeah he did he scored Webster Slaughter who was done who was decent for the Browns (laughs) in the 80s was our only I'm like oh my goodness the Broncos were just that much better there were guys that had like uh, jet voodoo dolls were running up to me sticking (laughs) pins in it going yeah I got your Neil O'Donnell right here and at that point I could say yeah and when's the last time you won a Super Bowl and I'm going oh I don't know that I want to really but this was the type of year it was. They, they were so good. They rested their starters the last three games of the season. It was Mike Shanahan's second year as Broncos head coach. And here's the thing. Shanahan wasn't the genius yet. I mean, this was, okay, can Denver get over the top and win a Super Bowl where they hadn't gotten there before. And he had two years as a head coach with the Raiders in the late 80s. It didn't work. The players didn't like him. Al Davis didn't like him. Davis and Shanahan fired each other's loyalists. So it was really long time for Mike Shanahan to get a job again as a head coach. It was tough. Lawsuits and the whole nine yards, Trying to get his money. Yeah, no one thought, okay, we can touch this guy. But finally, the Broncos give him a chance. And it worked because... It was a different person in charge. John Elway hated Dan Reeves, so this, of course, was going to be better. And voila, it's the same Broncos, but it's a new attitude, new outlook, new leadership. And here go the Broncos, and they have another great, great season. Just an amazing assembly of talent. And some of the guys who were like secondary players on this squad, when you kind of look at it, you know, in trying to roll up, John Mobley was a rookie. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you had a, a fullback in Detron Smith trying to help uh, work through things for Jarrell Davis. Uh, and then, you know, we, we've got some of the stalwarts, some of the names, you know, and some that you, you forget were, were on this squad. You know, our, our colleague at Fox, Mark Schlereth, part of the action there on the offensive line. Uh, I age myself. I don't age other people quite so well. So when I see him and I see Alfred Williams and guys that I've gotten to know in the media world a little bit, uh, it's always a, yeah. Yeah, I guess they did play that long ago. <laughs> All right, then. You want to know the best story Mark Schlereth ever told me? When, I, when, when I said, I, when I asked him, you know, when we worked at ESPN together, I asked him, I said, uh, how much do you run during a game? I mean, I, I don't know how we got on the topic, how much you run during a game. He goes, oh, not that much at all. He goes, in fact, I'll tell you how I used to conserve my running. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, <laughs> let's just say Elway threw an interception. It was a fumble and the, uh, and, and, and it was a long way going down the other way. Like we fumbled inside the team's red zone and they were taking it back for a touchdown. I said, okay. He goes, I ran as fast as I could until I... I knew I was out of frame and there was going to be no video of me slowing down and stopping. <laughs> so I would run real fast. And then when I knew that the, the, the guy was so, cause I'm not catching anybody. I'm an offensive lineman. When I knew I was out, I would just peel off really slow and go, Oh, I'm not catching him. Cause you know, coaches wanted to see you run all out and sure. do it, but you want to see it on tape day. He yeah, was like, yeah. You. So I would just go back. I would just kind of peel off and go, Oh, okay. I looked like I gave it a good run. I, I thought that was a pretty good story. Uh, that's not a bad strategy. So that's the Broncos, which were, look, quintessential. This was the Broncos team of the, of the, of the 90s. Again, their most talented. Elway still looking to break through. For the Jaguars, it's just their second NFL season, right? They go 4-12 and 12 their first year under Tom Coughlin. But after Jimmy Smith becomes a starter in 1996, the offense takes off. And this became a really potent offense. This was Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell. They were so potent. Andre Risen was on this team, but he got demoted after Brunel threw five picks in a game against the Rams uh, because they kind of blamed Andre Risen for not running the right routes to get it. So they demoted him. And this is it. I mean, the Jaguars squeak. I mean, just take off and they squeak into the playoffs by winning six of their last seven. It was a huge run and Jacksonville became the flavor of the moment. They were fun. They were young. It was an expansion team. People bought their gear. Brunel was fun to watch. You know, he was outside the pocket yeah. making plays with his legs. This was a really, really fun team. It's like the Jaguars at this point became instant cult heroes in the NFL. Well, that's just it. You had a lefty quarterback because you didn't see a lot of those. What did you have at that point? It would have been Steve Young. Yeah, that's right? it. I mean, you, you, you didn't have a, a lot of guys running around, you know, southpaws, weird spin on the ball. The fact that, you know, he absorbed hits like a lunatic at times. You got to preserve yourself, man. There's there's a lot of season left. But you, you saw him take off. You, you look at the, the run game uh, effective. And, and as you mentioned, the insertion of Jimmy Smith into that starting lineup. Uh, one of the great receivers of the last 20 plus years that I don't think gets nearly enough attention when we put our lists together of how good he truly was. Yeah, this offense came together so fast. It wasn't just Smith and, and Keenan McCardell who were together for a long time as the Jaguars really were. This was the the big three of the team for the late 90s, early mm -hmm. 2000s. This was Natron Means and James Stewart in the backfield and you know which of them are you going to stop? They were both tough running backs. Tony Baselli starting 
continuing his Hall of Fame career. They beat Buffalo in the playoffs to move on to play the Broncos, and it was another big game for Brunel. Uh, you know, they put up 409 yards of offense against the Bills. They sent Jim Kelly into retirement. It was his last game in the National Football League, and it was like the changing of the guard. Okay, here go the Bills. We're used to them for a while, and now we're going to wind up seeing the Jaguars. Maybe not this year because, okay, they're they're newbies, but they're in their second year of existence. But clearly they look like they had all this young talent to really become a dominant team in the AFC for a long time. They came together that fast. I mean, this is this is a year removed from not having any players. Here they are, you know, yeah. and they win, they make, which made me think, what the hell are the Jets doing? I mean, this is a team that didn't have players, and they're getting into the playoffs. Well, that's it. You go 4-12 and 12 the first year, and then you rally up to 9-7, and seven, a, a fresh-faced, young Tom Coughlin mm. getting at, like he wasn't red in the face fully. He hadn't been windburned because he was down in Jacksonville. It wasn't the chronic, you know, red-faced look that he had for so many years down the sideline for the Giants later on. But <laughs> you, you talk about young, right, because you got a cool new logo. Uh, teal is, you know, the, the uniform is just a different color than you're used to seeing, right, because it's darker than what the, the Dolphins were using. And so, yeah, you got a little bit of merch rolling up and people buying in and just kind of curious to see what this franchise is going to do. Some decent, you know, additions on the defensive side of things. But, you know, again, just the curiosity and and your guy, Rob Johnson, in the mix. See how oh, he keeps popping into that. I know. No I matter know. where we go on special teams, he finds his way in. And, 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 and Brunel was just so much fun to watch play. I mean, this, mm-hmm. this is a guy that you thought was coming out of Washington was going to be a highly rated quarterback, but he gets hurt, loses the job his senior year to Billy Joe Hobart. But the Jacksonville Jaguars think, okay, no, no, he's going to be our guy. And slowly he comes through. And look, he threw for 4,000 yards this year. Wasn't great touchdown interceptions, 19 touchdowns and 20 picks, but he just had something about him. He had that it factor and the whole team was just fun. It was, you couldn't root against them. It was really hard to say, okay, even though Tom Coughlin was like, you know, the, the, the drill sergeant he was and, and I'm, I'm sure it couldn't have been fun for a lot of the players, the young players coming in, but they, they were just a fun team. And you don't get that that often in sports. It was just, you know, everything about them was, hey, I really want to see him play and see him come together and become a dominant team. And, you know, really thought it was going to happen after this game against the Broncos. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just a lot of buy in when you got a guy that's given his body up. And while we sit back, you know, and on our Fox Sports radio show and stare at each other going, what the hell is that guy doing? You got to get down. You got to learn that Peyton Manning turtle move, like those old little toys you had that had the button on the bottom and the legs would buckle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you'd let it go and he'd spring. Oh, there he is. Spring back up. That's what you need to do as a quarterback. And you need to learn not to absorb hits. But by the same token, that's what endears you to your crowd and the local fans and to your teammates because they know you're giving up every inch to get over the top. Now, in this year, what is absolutely amazing is he also fought. Fumbled 14 times. Yeah. They only yeah. lost three of them. Yeah. Well, I always felt like, and he always had that big knee brace that yeah. like took up most of his leg. And still he's getting outside the pocket and getting away from people and making throws. I felt, I felt like he had the knee brace on his entire career. You kept yelling, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> All right, sorry, too easy a joke. So this is where things sit. The ambush at Mile High was upon us. It was supposed to be a route for the Broncos. It was anything but. How did it happen and what happened to these teams following? Keep it right here. This is Special Teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. (sighs) Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. So Denver comes into this game as 14-point favorites, and it starts out like it's going to be a route. Denver scores two touchdowns in the first quarter. Vaughn Hebron has a yeah. touchdown run on fourth down. The extra point gets blocked. Elway throws a touchdown to Shannon Sharp. They miss the two-point conversion. Jacksonville doesn't have a first down in the first quarter, and it was going to be easy. All right, well, it's, all right, well, obviously we're not going to get drama in this playoff game. Yeah, it's 12-0. They miss the extra point, two-point conversion, but this is it. The Jaguars are going nowhere against this Broncos team, which made the comeback all the more shocking because here's a young team that doesn't know anything on the road in the playoffs. You you're down. The crowd is loud. You're on the road. Okay, it's just not going to work for us. We won our big game against the Bills. It would have been easy to quit and go home and say, hey, it was a great year, and you know, another year of seasoning. We'll come back and try it again next year. What's curious is if you go back and watch the telecast, as you know, a nerd like me is wont to do, uh, not often did you have the uh, the score and down and distance and time that would disappear for long stretch. Like, where are we at? What are we doing? Who's paying attention? Yeah, this is was still the in the days running. of the 10 minute ticker where you get the scores every 10 minutes. Oh, great. Oh, we got the scores coming up soon. Oh, here comes. Yeah. The- and then finally, uh, you know, it settles in towards the end of the first half where you see it a bit more, but it's like, all right, how do you run clock? Right. I mean, you got Elway, you got all this potent offense to it. But how do you get the clock to keep moving? Well, and, and this year, Denver's defense was really good. You know, the, the era of the Broncos, we spent a lot of time talking about Elway and Terrell Davis, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this Denver defense was terrific. There was nothing that was going to tell you that the Jaguars are going to be able to mount any sort of comeback. And then the second quarter came and it was like they flipped a switch. 
The Jaguars score on three straight possessions. The game completely changes and inverse from the first quarter. Jacksonville takes a 13-12 lead at halftime, and it turned into everything the Jaguars were. You know, watching this game again, it's big plays from wide receivers. It's big runs by the running backs. It's chunk yardage, and Jacksonville would wind up scoring on six straight possessions in this game, and it was what just happened. It, it was a shock to everybody. Whoa, we got a game here, and at halftime, the Broncos go into the locker room going, what the hell is going on? I mean, we, we were in control of this game, and now we're losing at halftime. Yeah, it looks like you, you're going to go run away and hide and slows down, and when it's all said and done, the opportunity's lost, right? I mean, you see the frustration start to mount because what started so easily isn't clicking Now, this game turned out to be, instead of the birth of a superstar for Mark Brunel, it turned out to be this was his finest hour. He throws a touchdown pass to McCardell in the third quarter and a touchdown pass to Jimmy Smith. This after a 30-yard sideline-to-sideline run they still talk about in Jacksonville. All right, It was a big play to take them down to the 21-yard line. The touchdown pass gives Jacksonville a 10-point lead, 30-20. to But this run where he starts off on one side of the field comes all the way back to the other side. I mean, this was the defining play of the Jaguars of this season of Mark Brunel's career. I mean, they had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. Nobody knows how they got here or how they're able to suddenly run circles around the Broncos defense. Denver does come back to make it 30-27. Elway throws a touchdown to Ed McCaffrey, but Jacksonville gets the onside kick. They win a game, and I I know still, it was probably years later, and you have people walking around going, yeah, I get the Super Bowls. I understand how we won, but I don't understand how we lost that game to to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't understand what happened in the second and third quarter to us, how suddenly we couldn't stop them. I don't understand how Mark Brunel was able to do anything he wanted to do, but really this was the apex, and what you thought was the beginning was really the top of this run by the Jaguars. Don't you try to just throw that one away? Everybody's allowed one of those in your history. You, you're the Jets. You've got tons of them. I'm, I'm a Bears fan. Tons so and tons. I, I've certainly got thirty of those. Tons and tons. Uh, yeah. So uh, if you're a Bronco fan, you just say uh, that never happened. No, that's it. No, no, we we didn't we didn't play that year. What happened? Yeah, no, no. We decided not to play. We took the year off and then won the Super Bowl the year after. That's what we did. Uh, I like that. You know, Brunel. The thing is, this is really about him because he was now at this point the next great superstar quarterback in the NFL. He orchestrates this upset over the Broncos. And and for all the look, obviously, quarterbacks are going to get more attention than anybody else. And look, they had tremendous weapons around him. And that's something that, you know, as we go on years and years, you wonder, boy, how did they not win with all these great weapons? But they always had a running back, whether it was, you know, James Stewart and whether it was Natron Means, whether it was Fred Taylor, whoever it was, they had the wide receivers. They had Jimmy Smith. They had Keenan McCardell. They had weapons and this was really the biggest win. They've gone further in the playoffs in, in subsequent years, which we're going to get to, but this really, this win, this was the biggest moment for the organization, and he was going to be a big star. But 20 touchdowns was his high with Jacksonville. He didn't really run for a lot of yards and really turn into Steve Young. He was more like Steve Young light. He never really hit that next level. He was kind of the same quarterback at the end of his career that he was at the beginning of his career. He never really took that that jump going, okay, now I'm learning what the defenses are giving me, and I'm going to take a step here, take a step here, and now become that great, great quarterback. No, he kind of peaked early and he was good. But in the NFL, you're not really going to take advantage of what you should in your career if you're the same player year two that you are year eight and year nine. And that's kind of what Brunel was. 
No, he's he's a guy that I, I remember him getting a little bit of fantasy love for a couple of years off the. All right, he runs a bit. Right, that was the calling card and the wishing and hoping based on the players that were assembled therein. Right, I mean, it was a, a you sold a lot of a lot of hope when it came down to it, right? You had the one big run-up year come back to 2005 as a member of Washington. But for the Jaguars, it, it just, you, you could never curb the turnovers and and eliminate, you know, just the mistakes overall, right? To get to that next level. Not to mention, you know, trying to be gaudy with your stats. That's not really something that jives with what Tom Coughlin wants to do either. <laughs> I just call it stylistically. That's not his thing to just open it up. So the Jaguars move on and we'll have more on them in a few minutes. But for the Broncos, they go home in a game that John Elway said was the most embarrassing of his career up until that point because they should have won the Super Bowl and they should have. All right. This is a year in which we actually saw the Patriots advance the Super Bowl and play the Packers. Had the Broncos won this game, they would have had the Patriots at home for the AFC Championship, which was Bledsoe and Curtis Martin. Now, the Patriots were surprising, but they were kind of a weak number two seed, even though Parcells was the coach. And look at what he's doing here. Denver wins that game at home easy, and I think they would have beaten the Packers in the Super Bowl. The Patriots gave the Packers a much better game than anybody expected. Packers came in as favorites, and how good can the Patriots be? And without Desmond Howard's big return for a touchdown, the Packers might have lost this game. And so this should have been the first championship for the Broncos and this is why we should be talking about them as the only NFL three Peters because this was the beginning of their incredible three-year run 13 and 3 12 and 4 14 and 2 two Super Bowls I mean this should have been it I mean this was a lost Super Bowl for the Broncos but watching this game and you you, you know and, and seeing this as we're going back for the podcast it's like the Broncos play this entire game like uh, what what's happening we, we we're not really processing what's happening we should be winning this game why is this going on one of those things where you, you you're kind of a deer in headlights you don't really see how it's going on and by the time you get your your bearings again it's too late and 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 that's kind of how this game played out for the broncos they just couldn't stop the jaguars at all like i said six straight possessions and the broncos go home when it should have been a super bowl year for them the broncos came into this game with a game plan but then when they got punched in the mouth, they had no way of coming back. Like, yeah. we're going to impose our will on this game. And what's the old saying? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched That's in the mouth. That's it. I don't think they thought they were going to get punched in the mouth. We're not good at this. Is the, this is the Jaguars. We're going to win this game. And then when it happened, you know, you get lulled into that sense of security after the first quarter they had. And then it gets to the second quarter, and it's, 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 an, it's an avalanche. And it just keeps coming. There's no way to stop it. You couldn't even adjust at halftime. I thought, you know, going in at halftime, all right, this is where the Broncos go. Okay, let's adjust. We'll look what they did to us scoring those three possessions in the second quarter. Nope. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And Mark Brunel did whatever the hell he wanted to in the second half. And that was the big stunning part. So why didn't the Jaguars turn into the team of the late nineties, early two thousands? Well, one word definitely is responsible for that. We have that coming up next. Where are they now? And the rest of the short, but illustrious and incredible career of Terrell Davis. This is special teams with Jason Smith and Mike Harmon. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Before we get to the Jaguars and what happened to them against the Patriots and in subsequent years, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about John Elway and, and yes, they wound up winning two Super Bowls and Terrell Davis was terrific. And he was the guy that finally brought glory to Denver when Denver had really ignored the running back position for the vast majority of Elway's career. But suddenly it was, oh, hey, look, now we got a running back and now we're winning. But after this year, Davis really only had two more years in the NFL and that's it. You know, it's hard to believe he's a Hall of Famer because he he only had three fantastic years, one good one, and that's it. He had a bad knee injury when he tried to make a tackle on an interception against the Jets in a game in 1999, and that did it for him. I mean, up until then, he was fantastic. The mile-high salute, uh, you know, the Y2K for him. Is he going to get to 2,000 yards? And Terrell Davis was going to be the it guy in the NFL, but that was, you know, it was only really two more years. And because he was so good, and they won two Super Bowls, they put him in the Hall of Fame. But boy, you're really stretching the limit of of how long does a guy have to play to get in the Hall of Fame in the National Football League? It's one that still leaves me uneasy. As brilliant as those three seasons were, that that's enough to get you in, right? Not that you want to be a stat a, a stats aggregator, right? Because we've got some of those in the mix as well, right? Where there, there's certainly, you know, the guys that are lifers and you say, all right, they got to this giant pile of receptions or, or yardage and, and all of those things. But it's, it's just a, a snapshot. And, and I, I guess because he got Elway over that gets him in. I mean, cause it's dominance for a couple of seasons, but we've got a couple of guys that we'll have to have conversations about in coming years that were dominant for a half decade and their induction might be curiosities, right? I don't know if the career by time folks listen to this down the line and it's living in the podcast world forever, whether Antonio Brown gets back on a football field, but 
six, seven years, about as good as you've seen as a receiver. Chad Ochocinco, is he getting one? Is he getting a bust to go along with that Canton coat that he wore all those years ago? I mean, he was about as good as it was for a receiver for four mm-hmm. or five years. But again, does he get lost to history because of the numbers? You know, whereas here you got to have flash for just three seasons. Four good, three great, and he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't begrudge him. I mean, you know me, it's a museum, and you're celebrating the best. So let's just build a bigger museum and get more busts in there. More tourism, I always say. But it's it's one of those great debates. 1,500 yards and 13 touchdowns in this year, 96. 1,700 yards and 15 touchdowns the next year, and then 2,008 and 21 touchdowns in 1998. I mean, that, you, you look, it's, it's hard. You take any running back from the past 20 years and go, okay, do you have three years like that? No. But it still is only three years. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's still only three. But you win this winning the Super Bowl sometimes does that. And, and he he was the guy. The Broncos were so good for so long they could never win. But finally they get him and they win back to back Super Bowls. But so, I mean, by way of contrast, right? You look at say going into 2020, Ezekiel Elliott's played four years in the league. 40 touchdowns. He's already had three seasons with at least 1,350 rushing yards. He's got 48 touchdowns altogether including a a lot more prominent role in the passing game than Terrell Davis ever did. So he's at almost 7,000 total yards already, which is right about where Terrell Davis finished. I mean, just to put it in perspective. Oh, sure. Look, it is. Like I said, look, I was stunned when he got in. I was surprised. I didn't think that he deserved just because he didn't play long enough. And and I remember we talked to Jason Cole, who was a pro football uh, Hall of Fame voter. And he was like, yeah, no, the conversation wasn't really that big a deal. It was like Terrell Day. Yeah, Terrell Davis is in. It's like, wow. So it, wasn't, it didn't even sound like it was controversial. It was like, yeah, TD, he's in, he's in, he's in, he's in. I'm like, well, okay. Greatness, stamp them in and let's go. Mm. So for the Jaguars, they were going big game hunting. They returned back home and there were 40,000 fans greeting them at the airport after they beat the Denver Broncos. Again, a game that nobody saw coming. So now they got New England in the AFC championship game. Could a team in their second year in existence go to the Super Bowl? But what killed them in this game killed them every time they got within a step of greatness. Turnovers killed them early on in a game they had the high snap on a punt brian barker gets tackled at the four yard line new england scores a touchdown chris hudson fumbles a punt new england gets a field goal all right brunel gets picked in the end zone james stewart's fumbles its return for a touchdown brunel throws another pick and the new england patriots are going to the super bowl and the jaguars are going home but you think okay all right it happens they were a team they, the clock struck midnight for them look they weren't supposed to beat the broncos but they did but here comes their era of dominance well in 97 they go 11 and 5 here they are but they lose the rematch to denver in denver 42 17 denver takes care of business on their way to the super bowl all right but this begins their four-year run of almost for the jaguars right they lost to the jets in the playoffs in 98 
They lost the AFC title game to Tennessee in 1999. The only team they lost to in 1999. They were 14-2. and They <laughs> lost to the Titans three times. What were the common themes in these games? Turnovers. Four turnovers against the Jets in 98, including Keyshawn catching an interception on the final play of the game when the Jaguars are throwing up a Hail Mary. Six turnovers against Tennessee in the AFC title game in 1999. Well, it was all so, Jeff Fisher's master plan. That's true, yes. Hey, we're not 9-7 seven this year we're going to be great but this is what this is what did the jaguars in it, it wasn't that oh we played a better team here a better team but no turnovers crushed them it killed them in in the game against the patriots for the afc title game killed them against the jets killed them against the tennessee titans three years later had you just stayed away from that had you been able to hold on to the football you probably win at least one of those games and maybe it's a super bowl for the jaguars that you're talking about being the the ultimate for the organization but instead it's this game this win, the ambush at mile high, you look back and say, what's the greatest win in Jaguars history? This is the game you look back at. But you know me, the uh, the devil always in the detail. The greatest predictor of wins and losses is some 83% in the National Football League. Hold on to the stinking ball. That's it. <laughs> I mean, don't be errant uh, in passes. And that's the other thing is, is Brunel had an arm to get it downfield, but he had a, a lollipop kind of throw oftentimes. Yeah. Right. There was a lot of air because there were a number of, you know, near misses going back and watching just clips of him uh, as get ready for the podcast going, you know, reminding yourself of of all the little things of all right, why didn't they get over? It's like, yeah, that that long wind up and delivery to the outside cornerbacks uh, were licking their chops on occasion, you know, that he just leave one up a little too much. You know, they they were a team of almost that you thought. It's shocking that they weren't any better. They didn't at least get to the Super Bowl once. Not that you got to win one or win two or be dominant, but boy, they seemed like they were, and they kept their big three together for a long time. And like I said, they segued into Fred Taylor, who was phenomenal, pretty easy. I mean, you, you look back and go, man, how did this team not win more? How, how did they wind up shooting themselves in the foot the whole time? The, ja the Jaguars were the era of never was. They were almost there, and then they never were, and, and it doesn't make any sense. No, a lot of talent, a lot of stars and big names. And again, you know, talking about Jimmy Smith and how he's oft forgotten in lists of receivers and, you know, talent over the last 20 years. Fred Taylor's that guy, too. Yeah. Right. Oftentimes it's like, and by the way, don't forget, Fred Taylor would have been third on this list. Like, wait, what? <laughs> it's like, you remember how good he was, but then you put the numbers behind it. And it just, one of those, sorry, don't forget about them just because they play in Jacksonville because that's the norm now, right? Ah, it's just Jacksonville. Ah, send them to London. Ah, send them, <laughs> relocate them wherever. Whatever Shad Khan wants to do, go. they don't matter. I mean, that's kind of the general attitude. Even if you have a Minshew mania for a while, it's still the, all right, it's going to become Jacksonville again. <laughs> all right, how about a little where are they now coming off this game? What do you all got right, for me? Let's go uh, defensive lineman Don Davey. Uh, he's part of a wealth management uh, company. Disciplined equity is what it's called. That's pretty good. Well, you got to like be that. disciplined if you're going to make money. You can't well, just you know make what? money. I, I want to name a horse disciplined equity. <laughs> Is there enough? It's got to be 16 letters, right? All right, I'll, I'll work on that. <laughs>
work on that. See if you can shorten that like it's a license plate. Uh, Mike Hollis uh, doing some hemp-based wellness products. Wow, okay. I liked health-based wellness, but hemp-based is different. Well, you know, hemp-based, you know, one of those, uh, you get the P. Uh, Lionel Washington, uh, defensive coordinator for the Southern Jaguars after some coaching stints in the National Football League. Mike Lodish, sales manager for Cloverdale Equipment construction uh, equipment and company. Uh, And then you got Reggie Rivers, uh, the gala team author does uh, a bunch of stuff, helping nonprofits with fundraising strategies, kind of like you do on air. Sometimes Uh when you say, Hey, I've got a good strategy for this company here, there, everywhere. (laughs) Uh, That's what Reggie Rivers is doing in his post football career. So there it is. The, where are they now? The ambush at mile high, the big moment in the sun. For the Jacksonville Jaguars and a lost chance at the Broncos to be the first team to win three straight Super Bowls. Jason Smith and Mike Harmon, you can listen to our show on Fox Sports Radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. on the East Coast, 7 to 11 on the West Coast. If you have an idea for a future special teams broadcast, hey, let us know on Twitter at HowAboutAFresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. We'll talk to you next week for another big NFL game here on Special Teams. Before you go, rate and review the show, whether you're listening on iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio apps, Apple, whatever it is. Give us a rate. Tell us you like it. We will love you forever and ever and ever. Special Teams is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.